Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into animated and short films on today's statistics episode. We reap the wind and the sky when the sun is high. We sail the length of the seas on the ocean breeze. At night we name every star. We know where we are. We know who we are, who we are. And... While these film genres are uh, not 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 necessarily, they don't tell you really what the film's about. Unlike the the majority of genres, they're more classifications for what type of entity that the film is, which I think is a broader scale uh, grouping. Uh, think of it more as um, drama and comedy and and fantasy and crime those are squares and animation and short film you know documentary foreign language those are all rectangles squares can be rectangles rectangles are not always squares that sort of a thing Uh, so today kind of lumps together two genres that don't really necessarily go together but on the whole they do end up being kind of spoken about in the same way uh, you know a lot of people that are quote-unquote mature adults ignore the vast majority of animated films and the same can be said for short films across the board and very few people take the time to watch short films the three categories that short films have at the oscars are largely overlooked and very rarely are there people who have seen any of them when they're watching the ceremony, let alone all of them, and even a category. Uh, I, on the other hand, with my handy spreadsheet and the fact that short films count equally to feature-length films, take them very seriously. And I think that it is much harder to do a short film very well than it is to do a feature-length film. You have a fraction of the amount of time to win over your audience you have to condense an entire story into, you know, two, five, eight, twenty minutes, you know, a tel- the length of a television episode. And generally, what happens is you've got less access to bigger names. You know, anytime you've got a short film with a big name like a Benedict Cumberbatch or a Brian Cranston or, uh, you know, anybody, you oftentimes end up gaining some recognition, maybe even, you know, I think there was the one with um, Tom Hollander and Martin Freeman a couple of years ago, the, the Vorman, the Vor, Vorman problem. Uh, which got nominated for Best Live Action Short. And uh, while it didn't end up winning, just by having those people in it, drew the attention toward it. And so more often than not, what ends up happening is people don't really care about short films. And adults, without kids especially, but adults generally don't care about the animated categories uh, for which they get they get a feature-length film 
category and a short film category. And then there's a little bit of bleed into the rest, uh, particularly with musicals, into the original score and song categories. Uh, A couple of times we've seen animated films in the best picture race. We've seen animated films in some of the writing categories as well. Uh, We've even seen animated films in the visual effects department categories. Uh, So they've... Animated films have done a much better job at appealing to wider audiences, but you're not going to go to the theater and, and pay $10 to see a short film. You'd have to go to see a collection of short films, which generally are not available to see at the theater. So, that being said, uh, looking at my current 2016 viewings, I've only seen a handful of either of these categories. Um... Let me see, we got a total of 15 short films, and seven of those are animated. Uh, And then another uh, 15 animated films, so about 24, 25 animated films as well. And what's really been great is Disney and Pixar have done a fantastic job of attaching short films to the beginnings of their feature-length films. So this year we had uh, Piper at the front of Finding Dory. And uh, trying to think, I don't remember what was in the front of Zootopia. There might not have been anything in front of Zootopia. Let me check. None of these names are popping out at me. But it it could just have been. Oh, there was one before Moana. Uh, Inner Workings was before Moana. Uh, so that that worked as well. But uh, Zootopia didn't have one. It was kind of a long film already. So we really only have... so. But at least, you know, there's two or three animated short films coming out every year from Disney, from Pixar, that a lot of people are getting exposure to. And oftentimes, these are films that are being nominated for the Best Oscar, uh, Best Short Animated Oscar. Uh, during the Academy Awards, which at least gives you something to latch onto, particularly when those are the films that don't win. So when you see a f- short film like Piper, which I thought was fantastic, uh, and then you go to the Oscars and say that Piper loses that award, and if it's the only one you saw and you liked it, then whatever beats it is going to have a little bit more of a presence for you as it were it's going to be something that you recognize and react to in a much more positive way like wow that's actually like they think this is better you know that's crazy you know maybe i should find it see if i can you know a lot of these films can be found on youtube a couple of them you know every once in a while debut on netflix you know world of tomorrow did that last year and a handful of them have come to Hulu or Amazon or some other streaming sites online. You know, after a while, they eventually become pretty easily accessible. But at the moment and leading up to the ceremony, they, they're somewhat difficult if Amazon doesn't release a package deal of the entire collection. So we're going to start today with the animated and short films. So there's seven of those. And they span the spectrum uh, from the top with Piper, which is just gorgeous. I I don't know how 
Pixar does it. I, I, I think Piper is a better film than Finding Dory. I think it's more beautiful. I think it encapsulates uh, just a, a, a glimpse into the life of these this little bird. And uh, I believe it was a turtle that it, it was with. I, I'm not entirely, you know, that was this was back in like early summer that I saw it. Uh, hermit crab, I'm sorry. And that's just, it looked incredible. Had I mean, it had better animation than Finding Dory. Had animation on par with, or perhaps exceeded Moana in some cases. And displayed a story that was actually heartwarming. It was something that, you know, you watch this little bird uh, learn to enjoy the water and and love being in the water which it, it just like it's an over it's overcoming fear it's you know it's a very personal story to this bird but one that we can all relate to despite the fact that it's an animated bird you know dealing with a problem that you know we as humans also deal with you know there are plenty of human beings who have been afraid of the water at some point in their, in their lives uh, or are just afraid of something else, you know, when you're afraid of the dark, if you've ever overcome that fear in any way, it, it takes a little bit of time, it takes practice and d- dedication to do so. Uh, if you're afraid of heights, if you're afraid of uh, confined spaces, you know, a lot of these fears we, we've dealt with, and Piper was a very good analog to that. And, and it does so with no dialogue, with just I think six minutes maybe uh, at best uh, uh, yeah six minutes of runtime and I think it's just a gorgeous little short film then next I've got the caged pillows which is a I believe a Sundance short film if I recall uh no oh it's the cage pillows uh, this is one of the jenna malone films uh that i watched it's kind of really trippy uh very i i, I very tough to describe kind of in any way um with jenna malone narrating uh rose mcgowan narrating uh, Gemma ward and james franco's voices are in this as well features a great soundtrack and it, it just it, it I don't think it's great. I've seen a lot of reviews on on Letterbox that praise it completely, but I, I do think that it's it's a very it's a good short film and it's very abstract, uh, which is another element to short films that I didn't really touch on. It, it's not utilized as much now, but you know, 30, 40 years ago, a lot of avant-garde and uh, abstract short films were being put out constantly, constantly, constantly. Uh, you know, I've I've seen many of them. Generally, I don't think they're very good. Uh, there are a couple standouts, uh, none that come to mind. So you know, even in that category. But it was a place where uh, an artist, a director, a creator could experiment without really worrying about the bottom line because you don't make a short film to make money, 
really. You make a short film to impress someone who's going to give you money to make something better or longer or feature length. Uh, but a couple, you know, like Norman, Norman McLaren was one who I, I've seen quite a few films from. Uh, but there are a couple that actually just kind of stayed in this wheelhouse of kind of an art house indie type of feel to their short films. And The Cage Pillows is a solid me- uh, uh, update to that formula. But it does, I think, approach the sort of idea of this sort of contemporary reliance on communication via distance and it it does you know it gives us a good it it makes you think about things whether or not you understand what you're seeing the rest of them the rest of the animated shorts that i've seen this year i I don't think are very good uh with mower minions the uh, you know a minions short being the the worst and just by far the awful um you know you've got uh, invisible which was almost okay but I, I don't think it's it's a comedy which is another very popular short film uh, genre and because uh, you know you bet you kind of you set up this joke and you pay off the joke and that's your short film and that gets old you've got the grandfather drum which I think had the makings of being very uh interesting and very uh, thought-provoking but for me it it really just kind of fell short and didn't didn't really amount to a lot more than what what you saw on the screen and I think it's just too long honestly it's like a 15 minute short and I think it needed to cut like five minutes of its runtime and there's so much fluff to the story. I really wish that they'd been a little more precise and and less meandering with it. Uh, Inner Workings, which I mentioned before, the short that plays before Moana, is bad. It it kind of is just like a new take on Inside Out, which is just a far superior film, one of the best films I've ever seen, and this is paltry by comparison. Maybe three or four years ago, it would have been solid and interesting, but now it's just feels like uh, a hack's take. And then Dust Buddies, which I think I found on YouTube, is not awful, but you know, you know, you there's it's too simple, and it's tough for that to be a criticism of a short film being simple, but. You know, some of the films I'm about to say, some of the films I'm about to list off after this one are incredibly thought provoking and complex and deep. And, you know, the the bar is just continuously being raised year after year after year. And this is just a film that really can't keep up. So, those are all the animated short films. I think that. Uh, barring any other films that I haven't don't know about, I'm sure there will be a handful of films from other countries that get nominated for the award. I fully expect to see Piper there, uh, maybe the Cage Pillows. I'm not sure, and then perhaps the Academy will think of some of the ones I listed a little bit differently than I did. But I would be hard pressed to 
give this give that award to anything but Piper at the moment. But then again, I said the same thing about World of Tomorrow last year, and it was completely snubbed, in my opinion, and was one of the, not just the best animated short film, but one of the best films of the year last year. So, uh, moving on to, we're going to finish out the short films, and then we'll jump into animated after that. Uh... Actually, none of the other short films that I've seen this year are bad. They're all at least average. And led the, the leader of this category is Thunder Road. This short film is a Sundance short film that I watched uh, at a local theater. And it completely demolished me. And in fact, might be... It's got one of the best performances of the year, almost. You know, it it's simply uh, a man giving a eulogy for his mother, and he he really struggles giving this eulogy, and it ends with him performing the Bruce Springsteen song "Thunder Road," and the man he this guy the actor also directed it. His name's Jim Cummings, not the same Jim Cummings that does all the voice work for other things, but he blew me away. Wow, what he, the passion and emotion in this performance. It's a 12-minute film, 12 or 13-minute film. And he just owns the screen for the entire time. And it's crazy and it's silly and there are moments where you're laughing and moments where you're crying and it kind of covers the spectrum. There's, you know, the whole thing, like my my initial reactions after it ended were, you know, know, we've all kind of experienced loss in some way and, you know, everybody reacts to it a little bit differently. And some people, it doesn't really affect them a lot. Some people, it crushes them. And some people, uh, (laughs) uh, it affects very oddly. And that's kind of how this went. And it's it's heartbreaking. I, I do think it is. And I really hope that it gets some recognition because I, I absolutely adore this short film. Uh, you know, and it's, it's a prime, prime example of how you can have a comedy short film that isn't just set up punchline. And it, it infuses it with drama in a perfect mash of just technique and and quality and I, I love it I think it's great um, and we're gonna conti- we're gonna continue uh, with another short film that I saw in the same uh, Sundance collection called her friend Adam and again this is kind of the same. You know, it's a couple points lower on my list than Thunder Road. Thunder Road got an 86. Uh, her friend Adam has an 83. But it, it's it kind of does the same thing in that it is primarily comedy. I think that's what it's initially and ultimately going for. But it infuses it with such a healthy and perfect ounce of drama. In, in, a, in, a, in an exceedingly ridiculous sense. 
the plot is that this boyfriend and his girlfriend are about to go somewhere. Uh, I don't remember exactly where. And he he ends up, uh, you know, she like I think she has to go to the bathroom to change or do something. And he checks her phone. And he just, he starts to get really jealous. And she figures this out. And there's like an eight-minute tirade of her just like lashing out at him completely over the invasion of privacy and things like this. <laughs> and... Uh, and then event, and then at some point, the third party, which is the male that the boyfriend thinks she's cheating on him with, enters the the scene. And it just the whole thing, it just kind of explodes. and it's it's tragic. and you you watching her just lash out at the boyfriend is it starts out very funny, and then it doesn't stop. and then you start to get really uncomfortable and you start to feel bad for him but then you kind of shift over to her side of things and you're like well yeah he deserves it what a dick for going through her phone and it's 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 really good it's really well directed i love the direction in this and i think that grace glowicki who is the female in in question i think she's fantastic she does a great job and I hope that she kind of, I hope that she ends up as someone, you know, I hope her name becomes a little more recognizable going forward. That would really make me happy for her and for film in general. But uh, yeah, like this this group of Sundance shorts, you know, here's another one, uh, Affections, which is another uh, comedy short. Uh, a little less drama. I don't quite give it the drama tag like I do with her friend Adam and Thunder Road. But it is a very enjoyable uh, trip through a woman's experiences. Then there's Team Thor, the Taika Waititi short film. And uh, so Marvel as well. You know, all the Disney, everything under the Disney umbrella now is kind of churning out these short films. You've got Marvel shorts. Uh, you've got Disney shorts, you've got Pixar shorts, and Team Thor is just another solid addition to that lineup. It's very funny. It hopefully gives us a good impression of YTT's sense of, of humor and style for Ragnarok, and it's it's so offbeat from the rest of the MCU. I, I really thought it was great. Uh, then there's My Mutant Brain, another very good short film, uh, which is kind of more of kind of a music video, kind of a short film. It's uh, directed by uh, Spike Jones, uh, who also directed Weapon of Choice, which is a Fatboy Slim music video, and. That one featured Christopher Walken dancing around. This one features uh, a female dancing around, and it's it's very much it's a lot more cinematic, and and there's very much a, a great parallel between the two. And so I I, I thoroughly enjoyed that as well. Um, that is miscategorized. Then there's the procedure, another Sundance short film. 
probably the <sighs> so it's it's very much set up punchline comedy that's exactly what this short film is but it achieves it wonderfully it, it creates a setup this guy is strapped to a desk and he doesn't know what's happening he's screaming he's yelling the there's a sign that tells him to be quiet and he doesn't know what's happening until one of the ceiling tiles opens and something is lowered down toward him the entire time he is screaming and hates what's happening and it's strange and weird and i'm not going to give it away it's like a three minute short uh, if you can find it online do so it's very funny uh, there's not a lot of substance there whatsoever none of your questions are answered and you're gonna have some questions but for what it is it does what it's supposed to do and then lastly is the only one of the live action shorts that i think is just fine is jungle which is another sundance short film it's foreign language and it deals with people who are just kind of selling stuff on the street and a little bit of a betrayal a little bit of uh, consequences type of thing and it's 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 fine uh, the acting is okay but i think that there's really not much of a plot here it doesn't do enough with what it has and i think it does have a lot to do so but but i think that for short films in general there's some good stuff out there this year. Now, I don't know what's going to get nominated. And you know it could be that none of these live-action short films I just went through get nominated. It could be that only Piper of the animated ones gets nominated. But it does seem as though... You know, I, it does seem as though foreign language short films seem to be creeping in more and more as the years go by. Uh, you know, just... Last year, I think the majority of short films were foreign. I think my favorite uh, short films last year were foreign. That I, uh, for the most part, uh, I'm trying to look here, see if I can find them. Mm, you know, outside of the animated stuff. Uh, well, we're looking at like the winner last year was Stutterer which I thought was fine. Um, and actually, last year's crop was pretty bad, now that I'm looking at it. Hopefully this year's crop's a little better. Short films are very tough to like kind of predict their trends and patterns. You know, especially now with the animated short films coming out yearly from Pixar and Disney. Uh, they're very less, they're not really a representation of the direction we're heading insofar as their quality but insofar as their types and genres besides being short films i think that's a good in indication you know we still have we're you know this year there's a lot of comedies going on right now and there generally are uh, but we're seeing i think as we're moving forward a much better blend of comedy and genre rather than uh, a lot of last year's films which were strictly genre or uh, drama films i'm sorry and and so hopefully Kind of in the same way I was talking about action and adventure films last time being uh, sort of like we used to have strict action, strict adventure films, and now they all seem to be blending together. And at first that really worked, but now they're starting to not mesh as well. I think we're starting to see that pattern happening now with uh, comedy and drama for our short films. Uh, 
and I hopefully that's good. Hopefully that this propels us in a positive direction for short films, because outside of the animated ones, we there's definitely some some struggles that that particularly the audience has with responding to short films, and I wish we didn't have that struggle as much. You know, we spend 20 minutes of our time in front of a feature-length film watching previews. I would love for that to be like 10 minutes of previews and 10 minutes for a short film. That would that would make me so happy. I don't think that's going to happen anytime in the near future, but I would love to move in that direction. <sighs> so, short films being done, let's move into strictly animated feature-length films. Now, there are a few more of these than there were of the short films. Uh, and, you know, I'm sure many of you who have listened to my previous episodes, particularly about 2016, know that I have a good number. Uh, I have three animated films in my top ten right now. Uh, and those are Zootopia, Moana, and Kubo and the Two Strings. Uh, outside of, well, I guess it's tough. I, I can't really say that those are the three biggest releases of the year for animated films. You know, Zootopia did great at the box office. Moana is still doing great. Uh, Kubo and the Two Strings did not do very well at the box office. Um, but then there's films on this list like Secret Life of Pets, uh, Trolls, Finding Dory, Sing, who are all doing fantastic at the box office. And I think that they're those films are in a range between fine and good. And it's a shame that Cuba and the Two Strings did not get the recognition and um, viewing that it really deserved. But that being said, I think that we, we kind of have to step back and, you know, 20 years ago, we didn't have this many short, this many animated films coming out of this high quality. You had Disney, Pixar was just kind of starting in the '90s, and that's kind of it. Uh, you know, you would see, you know, some, you know, uh, what was it? The studio that did Land Before Time, uh, you know, Secrets of Nim. You know, you had these few here and there, the Iron Giant that really popped out and made a name for themselves. But for the most part, you basically just had Disney films. And Disney's not putting, you know, they weren't putting out three, four, five films a year. It was a one, maybe two. Uh, mostly one at that time. Uh, only recently have they been putting, they put out two. And, you know, Pixar was like every three years at the time. You know, you had Toy Story. And uh, A Bug's Life was late 90s. I think think was there I don't I don't think there was one between those off the top of my head if I can look this up really quickly but we are kind of, we're we're spoiled you know we're it's it's interesting that you know we're getting all these great animated films at the same time as we're getting a lot of great superhero films and the problem is that superhero films are starting to enter that fatigue state. We have seen so many of them lately. And yet, we also are getting a ton more animated films. You know, you have to have one like every other week coming out. So 
because kids are going to go see them. That kids are going to get their parents to go see them. And we are kind of slaves to this to this machine, which is why you end up with uh, animated films like the Angry Birds movie, bad. Secret Life of Pets, which is okay. Trolls, okay. Kung Fu Panda 3, which was fine, which was okay, good. Storks, which was good. Finding Dory, which was pretty good, um, but definitely lesser Pixar. Sing, which was solid, very good. Sausage Party, which isn't for kids. Uh, and then you've got Kubo, Moana, Zootopia, great, amazing films. And the the options now are limitless. You've got all these different studios. You've got Disney. You've got Pixar. You've got DreamWorks. Uh, you know, with How to Train Your Dragon series. Uh, you've got Leica and it, what all they're doing with Kubo. Uh, you've got uh, Lumination now. Uh, you know, who put out Sing? And it, it's just. Everything is kind of continuing to, you know, bloat and expand. And it's interesting that we haven't talked at all about animated film fatigue. And I think that the that generally we don't recognize it because for the most part, a lot of people think of these films as what they put their kids in front of for two hours. And I, that's a really that's a real shame because Zootopia, Moana, Kubo and the Two Strings, uh, you know, Sing, Finding Dory, like these are really good films, uh, even even incredible, great, amazing films that a lot of people cast aside because they're rated PG, they're rated G, they're for kids, they're about talking animals, and that's not enough for most people. And I think that almost every year. I can't think of a year where a top, my top 10 didn't have at least one, if not two, animated films in it. Uh, you know, just kind of going down the list here. Last year, you had Inside Out, uh, Anomalisa, which wasn't a kid's movie, uh, but Shaun, Shaun the Sheep movie I thought was fantastic. Uh, 2014, you had the Lego movie. Um, How to Train Your Dragon 2 was didn't make my top 10, but it was very high up, as well as Song of the Sea. Looking at 2013, there's the Tale of Princess of the Princess Kaguya, uh, the Garden of Words, which are foreign language ones. But um, 2013 was maybe the one year, you know, like the best thing was Frozen, which didn't make my top anything, but it's still a great, very empowering animated film. Going back to 2012, uh, Wolf Children, you had the incredible Disney short Paper Man. Ernest and Celestine, which did get an English language uh, uh, dubbing. The Pirates, Band of Misfits, Wreck-It Ralph, uh, 2011. Had Rango, I loved Rango. The Winnie the Pooh reboot, Puss in Boots, A Cat in Paris. So maybe, maybe, and you know, 2010, Toy Story 3, How to Train Your Dragon, Tangled, The Secret World of Arietti. You know, we've been blessed by all these incredible animated films and it's a shame that outside of like the animated feature category and and the original score slash song category no one cares except your seven-year-old and and like teenagers and 20-somethings on tumblr like I, i wish that there was a much 
wider appreciation for these films. I think that the biggest issue is that no one cares about voice acting in the at the Oscars. That doesn't count for shit, and that's criminal. Uh, you know, the same for mocap, and you know. I think Andy Serkis should have received something for all the incredible mocap he's done in the last 10, 15, 20 years. I think uh, Aoi Cravalho is incredible as Moana in Moana. I would nominate her for Best Lead Actress ahead of, like, even considering that there were we were including, like, live performances as well. Like, she's perfect. She is spot on. I think that both i would i can personally have you know you can check the website i have my current nominees for my uh, end of the year awards you know my personal awards they're updated daily so anytime i see a movie that would that's from 2016 that would affect the nominees for each race i go in i change it i currently have zootopia and moana in my best picture nominees uh only a, and that's only a list of five. So two of the five nominees I have are animated films. Uh, you know, I can look at that really quickly here because it it really does bother me just how much animated films get a short short shrift everywhere. Um, but maybe it won't. Uh, do it my, this internet connection is really awful let me see if i have it on oh wait it loaded it loaded um yeah so you know i also have moana for song and score uh but you know i also have kubo for score i have kubo for special effects i have piper animated short film best special effects I think it's. In, I, I don't know why you wouldn't. They look incredible. Those are special. Like those, as far as I'm concerned, those are visual effects. Those are special effects. They count. They should be included or considered or whatever it needs to. Whatever it takes. Um, uh, you know, I. I would probably have. Uh, I I would probably have Zootopia in my screenplay category. But I think that the but I, because I don't separate my screenplays into original and adapted, I really don't find there that there's any room right now for it, given what I've seen. But I, that's you know still subject to change. I'm not sure when I'm gonna finalize my awards. But uh, you know, so this year I think we have a very top-heavy animated films list some really solid role players in the middle that did incredibly well at the box office. And then all the ones that I have below 50 are like for, already forgotten. They're not even in the equation. The Angry Birds movie, no one talks about it. No one's thinking about it. Bling, you probably never even heard of it until I said it. The 14th Land Before Time movie, which came out on Netflix, I'm sure no one cares. Norm of the North, which came out last January, was awful and no one thought about it no one went to see it you know animated films are being held to a very high standard because they have to please the kids and they also have to please the adults that go with them and for the most part they are passing this standard with a much higher clip than live action movies definitely 
uh, you know, just looking at this year's uh, feature-length animated films, you know, their average rating is a 56, which is very good. Uh, you know, I think we had action and adventure movies were both below 50. If I'm remembering, I think I, I think adventure movies were at 50 and action movies were like below 40, which is ridiculous. And, uh, you know, live action short films, to kind of go back to that, average 71. And like, I realize that this is my personal rating and, and that, that that's, you know, largely subjective. But uh, for me, I, I just don't see why, you know, we look at, these films and we expect them to you know we we go to see a movie like uh like la la land and the expectation there is that la la land is going to entertain you for about two hours it's going to make you feel happy that's the kind of buzz that it's giving off it's going to send you home with a skip in your step and and it's going to also give you some depth to these characters. It's going to have some great original music. It's it's going to just, you know, everyone thinks it's the best picture right now. So it's got to be well acted and uh, well perf- great performances. So it it it's good. It's a very very good movie. I I can't I won't deny that. But if you want all of that, it's all in Moana. All of that shit is in Moana. Great original music, great voice acting, great animation, great visuals, great songs. It's incredibly well written. It's in a very empowering story. You're going to love and be happy at the end of it. Uh, you know, I, like, I don't know why, because it's not real life, people don't care. You know, and... and as far as Zootopia goes, if you want a crime buddy cop movie uh, with impeccable visuals and very pertinent and relevant racial and prejudicial commentary, like Zootopia, it, it's there. Uh, you know, these movies are here and we're just ignoring them because they're kids' movies. Uh, and. Thankfully, Pixar and Disney and Leica and Illumination, well, not as much Illumination, but Disney, Pixar, and Leica are creating films that are very family and adult friendly. And I think, I really sincerely think and, and genuinely hope that those are gaining traction outside of kids. You know, based on how many people are going to see these movies, I think. You know, they're being exposed to more adults because more kids are going to see them. And I I believe that these are films that are going to hopefully do more for expanding the animated respect to, to more people. Frozen was a phenomenon four years ago, four and a half years ago, five years, four, four years ago. And... As nice as that is, Frozen wasn't as mature as Moana or Zootopia or Kubo and the Two Strings. It just wasn't. And you know, it's a great story. It has great music. You know, Idina Menzel is fantastic. And Kristen Bell does a great job too. But, uh, you know, 
we've come a long way in that span of time in four years and hopefully hopefully that will only improve four years from now 10 years from now you know i don't we don't need to have the you know godfather equivalent or jaws equivalent in animated films ever you know there should be it's just its own thing it doesn't need to remake live action movies it doesn't need to you know play to things that, that we've already seen because we can literally make anything we want with animated films and kubo and the two strings zootopia moana all of those films exemplify that which i find to be fascinating fantastic and fabulous f words so i do think we're trending in the right direction for animated films I think we're trending in a questionable direction for short films. Not, you know, it's very tough to gauge short films on the other side. And we'll really kind of have a better idea when the uh, Oscar nominations come out in about two weeks. Just to kind of gauge what, you know, if, if none of the films that I just mentioned get nominated for best short on any level, that's going to be both... Uh, it's going to be disappointing because I think there's some great ones here. <coughs> Excuse me. But it's also going to be hopeful because maybe these are even greater short films. But that is all we have time for right now. Uh, thank you for listening. These have been the this has been the animated and short film statistics episode for 2016. I hope you enjoyed it. And stay tuned. We have six more genre statistics episodes to come. And you can find a list of those in the show notes of yesterday's episode or the previous episode, uh, statistics episode number uh, 16. And as always, you can find more information on me at circlefilm.com. You can email me at circlefilm at gmail.com. And... Don't forget to have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same goodnight. Come on, baby, when we paint the town. And all that jazz. So long, farewell, I'll be the same adieu. In the name of love, one night in the name of love. So long, farewell, oh, what I'll be the same. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute.